Welcome to the Fitbox Podcast. This is your host, Joseph Frankie. Glad you're here listening. On our podcast, we talk about two main things. First and foremost, we interview members of Fitbox so that way you can hear their stories about how they're repaying debt, how they're saving for retirement, buying homes, all this type of stuff really to give you motivation and some different ideas. That's the first thing we talk about. The second thing our podcast do is we take individual finance topics and go through them in more detail. So that way you can say, does this apply to me? And how does this apply to my plan? So if you have questions or you want to sign up for Fitbucks, you can do so in the show notes, fitbucks.com, build your profile, schedule a call. We'll be talking to you soon. Enjoy the episode. everybody to another weekly finance update as you know if you listen to the past it's all about getting you on things that affect 20 to 40 year olds in the world of finance uh, specifically we're talking student loans we're talking about the housing market we're talking about the stock market um, it's gonna be a good one today we're talking about mostly about all the student loan issues how to figure out if your payments are right what you should do to try to fix them um, all that type of stuff. That's what we're going to be primarily focusing on today. Um, as you guys know, I'm your host, Joseph Ranke, for the, the weekly uh, ep- updates. Uh, if you're new to Fitbox, welcome. Um, those of you that don't know about us, um, we've helped young professionals manage about $2.6 million in assets and debts. Um, a lot of that's student loan debt, obviously, because that's what we uh, were primarily focusing on, because that's what most of you have, right? Um, we have a technology out there that helps you build out your entire financial plan. The whole purpose is to help with uh, your finances. That's like what we call tangible financial freedom, making sure that you can get to where you need to get to, hit your goals, both short-term and long-term. Uh, we use our one-of-a-kind financial planning technology to do that, and then we give you the tools to actually implement that plan. So that's the tangible side, but on the mental side of things, we want to make sure that you are alleviating stress. And we do that a couple different ways. One, by our financial planning method that we use with our technology, but also on podcasts and updates like this, as well as our content. Uh, We really focus on the mental side of things, making sure that you guys are doing everything right. So that way you can reduce that stress in your life, because that's what all this is about, right? Reducing the stress about money. So that way you can go and do what you really want to do, like what you want to do with your career, what you want to do with your family, so on and so forth, right? So with that being said, Let's jump right into it. I got a lot of notes, so I'm going to pull them up real fast. All right. Um, starting off with student loans, it has been a boondoggle. I mean, like I predicted, uh, it's been, a, put it nicely, it's been a shit show. Um, some loans, loan servicers have been a little bit better than others. Not by much, though. Um, the big corporates that have been horrible, uh, Nelnet, Mohila. Nelnet, I'm not shocked about, as you guys know. Yeah, that have listened to us for a while. Um, their contract with the federal government's not being renewed. So basically, they've been told that as of next year sometime, they're not going to be servicing loans anymore. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, that means if you have Nelnet, your loans are probably going to get shipped somewhere else next year again, right? So they basically quit. They fired a bunch of people going into repayment. They just don't give a shit because what's the federal government going to do to them? Like, they already told them they're not going to be working with them anymore. Imagine this. Imagine it being like, um, you're in a relationship, maybe girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever it is, and that person comes to you and says, hey, look, um, we should still do everything that uh, we do as a couple. Like, we should go out to dinner. You should pay for that. I should live with you. You should pay for my rent. You should do all these different things. 
But you know what? In six months, we're going to break up. I'm just going to let you know that right now. I'm gone. Like, you'd be like, screw you. Like, no. <laughs> um, so that's where Nelnet's at. Can't really blame them either, right? Um, now, the other company, Mohila, I, mean, I am kind of a little bit shocked with them. I didn't. Pre- I knew everything was going to be just a major cluster. I didn't realize that Mahila was going to be so bad because Mahila historically, I, I call them the best of the worst. <laughs> like historically, they've been one of the better loan servicers. So I, I was kind of shocked that, you know, they've been front and center in a lot of this news. And that news, if you're not aware, has been basically a lot of wrong repayments uh, and wrong payment plans and charging people the wrong amount. So, for example, um, I mean, this is just not what we've seen. I mean, we obviously we've, we've helped thousands upon thousands of um, new grads with student loans. And we've literally seen thousands of people having mistakes on their stuff over the last couple of weeks, okay? But this is also now being reported in like the Washington Post, New York Times, all that type of stuff. In fact, the Department of Education has come out and said that just this is just one issue that Mojita had. They had delayed billing statements for 2.5 million borrowers, which means 2.5 million people were basically behind and it caused like 800,000 people to be in delinquency. I mean, it's like, how can you do that? The Department of Education just announced this week that they're actually withholding $7.2 million of, of payments to Mahila. Like, like they're supposed to pay Mahila that they're not going to pay them because they haven't been doing their job. And to me, I'm like, well, wait a second. They're already short staffed. Like I get the fine or not paying them or anything like that. But I was like, you're already short staffed and you're going to withhold money from them. I'm not sure that's going to allow them to fix the problem faster, but we'll see. Um, now, with all these issues, that's what I want to talk about today. Is if you're having issues or you want to check to make sure you're not having issues, like your payment is actually the right payment. These are some of the steps that you guys can take. So that way you can try to prevent this stuff. You can try to make sure to verify you're on the right stuff, as well as if you have a mistake. This is how you can go out and fix it. First of all, you want to ensure that you have the right loan payment, okay? This has been a big one. A lot of people have been like, oh, I'm on the right payment because my loan servicer's calculator told me blah, blah, blah. It's like, well, actually, the loan servicer's payments on their calculators, a lot of them have been wrong, all right? It's been reported that there's some bugs and stuff on the calculators. Bottom line is you can't trust them. How do you understand? How do you figure out what your student loan payment is supposed to be then? You gotta find a calculator that actually works and that is based on your actual AGI that you know what those inputs are, okay? Of course, I'm biased with our calculators at Fitbooks because we, we know they're right. So shameless plug, sign up, use us, you'll know it's right. There are other calculators out there as well. Um, you know, how good are they? It depends on the information that they ask or what you put into them um, at the end of the day. And that's why I'm biased towards ours because we know what's going into them and we know what questions to ask to make sure that you're actually putting the right information in, all right? So at the end of the day, number one thing is you can't necessarily trust um, the loan servicers calculators right now. Like you gotta make sure that they're actually calculating the right thing for you, okay? Now, the second part is, I already, I already mentioned this, but making sure that you understand what income they're using. Okay, and this is different for every borrower, by the way. So some of you were in repayment prior to COVID. Your payment should be exactly the same, right? The only way that would change is during COVID, like the COVID pause with payments. If you switched your plan or recertified your income during that time, then it's going to be based on the updated income. 
Okay, so if you're expecting something and it's not that, you, you got to know what income they're using in your calculation. So that way you can actually calculate it using the calculators I told you about to see if it's right or wrong. Okay, that's number one. Now, for those of you that were in repay prior to COVID, you were automatically switched to save. And you should actually have a lower monthly payment. We've seen it the opposite way with a lot of people that were on repay. They got switched to save and their payment went up. That's a huge red flag that something's wrong. Okay, so that should never happen. Now, if, if you're going into repayment for the first time, you really got to know what's being used to calculate those monthly payments because I'm, I'm getting this a lot. They're, they're telling my monthly payments are zero. And it's like, well, yeah, that's not an error. They're using your income from when you were a student, which was zero for a lot of you. Okay. Uh, so it might not be a mistake, but a lot of people are then reaching out to the loan servicers and saying, well, no, this has got to be an error. And then they're, they're switching it and then they got to make payments. It's like, that's, that's an error on your part. Like if they're telling you your monthly payments are zero dollars, pay zero dollars. Like it still counts, right? So that is the, the good piece on that. Uh, but make sure that you understand what income they're using. The other big thing that we've seen, people getting really confused. This is a big, 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 big one is they're coming back to us saying, hey, my payments are like $1,500, $1,800, $1,200. Like they're supposed to be 200 or 300 or whatever it is, right? What's going on is that you're not on the right plan, okay? Now, a lot of you that are coming back to say that to us have applied for things like pay as you earn or save, okay? The issue is, the loan servicers still haven't processed the paperwork. It's taking them like two months, three months to do it. And so you enter repayment, they put you most likely on the standard 10-year plan because that's the default plan that they automatically put people in. That's why your payment's so high. And that's what's been causing a lot of confusions for people. So before you, you are like, look, this payment is wrong. They, they're calculated my IDR wrong, all these different things. Go on and go check to make sure you know what student loan repayment plan you're currently on. Because if you're not on the right one, then you can basically tell them, hey, like, put me in a forbearance. Like, while this is being processed, this is ridiculous. Okay. And if you made payments at the higher amount, this is a big one that we've seen recently. Okay. If you've made payments at the higher amount because you didn't want to be in delinquency, request a refund. Right now, they're telling people they're not going to give you a refund. That's been the big thing that we've heard from people. I would file a complaint immediately if that's the case and potentially try to get into a class action lawsuit because that's ridiculous. Like if you filed the paperwork to go on to save or an income during repayment plan and they haven't processed the paperwork because it's taking them two or three months and they forced you to make the higher payment, that's bullshit. That, that's against the law in my opinion because it's like look you have the right to go on these plans they didn't process the paperwork fast enough okay and you should have been put on a forbearance why they processed it they just never got to your application yet that's how far behind they are and so if they're telling you you're not going to get your money back in a refund i would be pressing hard that because that is some bullshit okay um so how do you if, if you're if you do catch these errors by the way like they charged you and they shouldn't have, your payment's too high, all these different things. How do you address these? Fortunately, the only one that can correct them is the loan servicer, which means you have to contact them. And as you guys know, 
Those of you that have tried to call, a lot of times the wait line is like two to four hours long. And who really has two to four hours in the middle of the day to sit there, right? So what have we seen work uh, that we've had reports back from thousands of, of Fitbox members? What have we seen that they tell us has worked a little bit better? Uh, one is emails. Um, some people have told us that they've sent emails and they don't even get responses, okay? However, some have told us that they get emails and the problems are, are fixed and they get a response very quickly and the problems are, are in the process of being fixed. Um, so email them. Like that's one way to contact. Email them. Um, it's not an instant gratification type of thing, but email them. Give them a day or two. See if they respond. Okay. From there, you got to call if they don't respond. Okay. Now, when have we had Fitbox members tell us they've had luck in terms of calling? Uh, first time is like first thing in the morning, as soon as they open, like, I mean, you're, you're dialing like a minute before. And if they're not open, like not open yet, you're just hitting redial, right? Like trying to get on ASAP. Uh, people that have told us that they've done that and they've been able to get through in like 20 or 30 minutes. Okay. Um, now the other time that we've seen work is on Friday afternoons, like calling in like 10 minutes before they close. We've had a few people tell us like, yeah, that, that tends to work. The only pushback on that is that you're going to get an employee that's probably been dealing with basically bullshit all week. And it's like, how much are they actually going to want to do or do they just want to leave? Okay. Um, so I tend to, tend to say, do email or first thing in the morning as fast as you can. One of the big red f flags or mistakes that we've seen with reports recently is uh, people saying, hey, yeah, sign up. Give me the call back. That's what I want. Um the reason why I say that's a mistake is that no one's getting called back or they get a call back and it hangs up immediately. Um, and then that counts as your callback, right? So don't rely on those callbacks that actually happen. All right. Now, that is, you know, kind of just what we've seen work. Now, the other thing that you can do, like if there's mistakes and all that type of stuff, it's the Biden administration. Again, we're not the only ones that predicted there was going to be major issues, right? The Biden administration had introduced a 12-month ramp-up period, okay? Um, and that was used to transition people back into repayment, specifically for those that, like, missed payments or whatnot, that you could be put into delinquency. Uh, or, I'm sorry, if you missed a payment, it wouldn't count as a default on your student loans, okay? And you wouldn't be considered delinquent. So if you really are looking at your student loan payment, you're like, that's not right. You can just be like, I'm not paying it. And the delinquency should not count. Now, that's what they say. That's what the government says. Do I trust them? I don't know. Like, if you really want to push it, that's what they said. We'll see how it all, all actually goes. The other issue is on that is that they've also said that when you're in like forbearance and whatnot, that those payments don't count towards like forgiveness. Again, they've come back and said, sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. Bottom line is, it's a shit show. Do you, I don't know if I really want to rely on that on-ramp thing. Like, it's, yeah. I, I personally wouldn't rely on that, but it's there for you if that's, like, your last case resort and you just can't make the payment because it's so high on what they're telling you. Um, you have that, that option for yourself, okay? Now, if all else fails and you still can't get a response or it's not satisfactory, go file a complaint. Okay, uh, there's some links up um, on the on the bottom of this podcast where you can go and file those links or file those complaints. Same thing with the YouTube video. We'll, we'll drop them up there as well. So 
if you guys want to go file the complaints, you'll have some links on where to do that. So that's the, the student loan update. Um, coming in now on the, the housing update, I'm not going to go too much into that today. Um, high level, the uh, mortgages, the mortgage rates actually went down pretty significantly this, this week, significantly relative to where they're at. Home affordability is still not very good. Um, and at the end of the day, like last year around this time, I said I'd, I'd expect like a, based on where interest rates were at, a drop of like 25 to 35%. In my area, when I did my analysis, that's what I came up with in my area. Remember, real estate's very local. Um, it has dropped about 25% in the area that I live. Now nationwide, that's not the case. Nationwide, if you look at averages, they're actually gone up this year if you look at averages. Okay, it's just where I live at the price went. It's just freaking stupid. If you actually look at where prices are at now, it's actually a more normal growth curve. So like where I live at, I don't think it's going to drop very much farther. Um, you know, because I also don't think rates are going to go up very much higher from here. Um, but the reason why I'm not going to go through all that right now, like deep dive into that today, is that we just recorded with a housing expert, Josh from Neo Home Loans. Those of you guys that have been listening and following us for a while, you probably know Josh because we have him on once or twice a year to come in and give us a housing update and ask some questions and talk about housing. We just recorded it this week. So next week, we're going to be putting it out. It's going to be an hour long. I'll put it inside the housing update or the uh, financial update as well for the week. So you'll see it there. So make sure you bookmark this, subscribe. It'll be coming out um, next week. So not a lot on the housing news because there's going to be a lot of news in that. On the market, same type of thing. It's the same story that we've been saying for for the last like eight, nine months. Um, a lot of economic data points to a really shitty situation and, and a, a big recession coming. The market's been resilient in the face of that. Um, we're starting to see this chasm. And we talked about this on the housing podcast, but we're starting to see this chasm where all the inflation and stuff is hurting a lot of people, but the people in the top 20, 30% of wealth, they have a lot of it because of how much inflation and how much money was dumped in the market. A lot of that money that they put in during COVID and stimulus, guess where it went? It went to those top 20 or 30% and they're spending a shitload of money still. And so revenue numbers and, and margins and that type of stuff for some of these companies in the, on the stock market are doing just fine. And so you've seen the stock market actually, it dropped last year anticipating a massive recession. And this year it bounced right back up, right? So where's it gonna go at next year? You know, I just kind of look at history. I think it's gonna be flat to slightly down just because of a presidential election year. That's what it typically does. The economic news is horrible, um, but you actually dig into the numbers, it's not pretty, it's ugly. Uh, I've been, again, I've been saying that for a year, but like I've been saying for a year, there's other factors that can pull it up too. And the market is irrational. That's why I always emphasize on these. It, when it comes especially to your retirement accounts, keep dollar cost averaging into them. Don't stop, right? Like even if there's market decline like there was last year, keep going because it can go up. That is the, the weekly update. I hope you guys all enjoyed it. Stay tuned for next week. Uh, like I said, the big housing market update that we're doing. We look forward to it. I hope to see you guys all sign up for Fitbooks and get help and use our uh, financial planning technology. And yeah, we'll be talking to you soon. See you later.